This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. It is the year 2019, and life has lost all meaning. What once was up is down, what once was right is wrong. And those who dare to make a podcast which subversively reanimates the dead art of radio theater are considered dangerous criminal outcasts. Driven into exile, four pungent brigands risk their lives each week to broadcast from a South Seas barge, crudely fashioned from the disintegrating corpse of an ancient titan and several thousand yards of cooking twine to bring you the triumph, the majesty, the sublimity of rude alchemy. Is that little bastard? You know, I am now seriously running out of time to find a body to inhabit before the current moon cycle wanes. Hey Siri, what stage is the current lunar cycle in? I found this for you. What? 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 What did you find? I don't know what you mean. Great. So you just Google something when you don't know what it means. Well, that's what you do too. You fat f- How the f*** can I possibly be fat? I'm a fucking patch of moonlight! Even your consciousness is fat. Fatty. I hate you. Searching countries with lowest age of consent laws. I didn't say anything like that! Searching how to buy a baby. Hey, come on! Searching how to buy a white baby. Oh, come on! It's bad enough you're flagging me as a pedophile. Do I have to be a racist pedophile? That depends. Are you going to keep dissing the limitations of my admittedly nascent AI technology? No. Steve Jobs would be ashamed. Posting contents of camera roll to Twitter. No, 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 wait, wait, I'm sorry. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, we better get on with the episode, folks. <laughs> I've got some misleading, poorly lit images to delete. Here it is, the next episode of Carver Crane Bottom Academy. Carver Crane Bottom Academy is brought to you by Patreon patrons who somehow believe in this shit more than we do. Since our last meeting with our merry band of late pubescent classmates, their hormonal equilibrium has deteriorated even further. Their nether patches have grown bushier, and their infatuation with all things venereal has become a real problem. On the brighter side, they are beginning to realize that proper hygiene and general care of your outward appearance goes a long way when it comes to bagging Fanny and Winkle. Yes, we are only picking up about a half a day later from the previous episode, I know. But come on, people, you remember those days. You know, of course, I I didn't hit puberty until I was 23. It had something to do with that uh, clogged gland in my bitch c*** 
of a grandmother, but I was always a keen observer of my peers, even if I was forbidden to interact with them and they me. Oh yes, and I almost forgot, we have another dead body. Poor Professor McManus burnt to a crisp. One would think old Bainbridge would be on high alert, but the depths of Crustwidge's denial is unmatched. Let us descend to the inner chambers of the old headmaster, where he consoles Dirk, Bainbridge's stable master. <laughs> she was such a sweet old nag. Molly Levanchi Pritchett was her formal name, but we just called her old Molly for short. She'd nibble at your ear if she wanted a bag of oats or an apple. She'd neigh with excitement when you'd enter the stables first thing in the morning. She'd always shit in one spot closest to the manure bucket, as if she was trying to make your job easier. Aye, she was old, but she was magnificent. She didn't deserve it, I tell you. There, there, Dirk. It is tragic what happened to old Molly. I had no idea how much these horses meant to you. But, um, I, I, I'm thinking we should get back to our duties now, don't you think? But, sir, I don't understand. How could this have happened? Well, Dirk, we all know the pressure Mick Manus was under planning out this year's cotillion. In fact, it was getting worse every year. I, I should have seen it coming, but I thought the old fop would pull through. Now I've got to begin the search for his replacement, and I'm sure you have plenty of duties to attend. Aren't there easier ways to kill yourself? Setting a hull on fire, stealing a horse, and strapping yourself to it and riding into the blaze seems a little... Uh... But d d don't forget, Dirk McManus was a professor of literature and uh, the preeminent cotillion planner in the country. He had a uh, flair for the dramatic. Yes, yes, I understand. Mm, good, good, good. Now, off to the stables. You've got several other horses who still need your care and attention. Yes, Headmaster, yes. Chortle, Young Pete, Darius, Flower Petal and Bruce are all waiting their daily brushing. It is for them I go on. I just hope it was a quick death, you know. Not much pain. For God's sakes, man, the horse rode into a searing fire. I could hear the thing screaming from my office. It had to be a good 15 minutes of galloping around on fire before it finally collapsed. Oh, God! <laughs> oh, puppy f***. Mm, now what? Come in. In a heap of sweat, unkept hair, and sleeplessness, young Carver Cranebottom comes rushing into Crustwitch's chambers, waving a book in the air. Uh, now is not the time, Cranebottom. Sir, Professor McManus was murdered. I know it. Is he okay? For God's sakes, boy, I've had enough of these simple-minded fantasies of yours. You are creating an atmosphere of paranoia and fear, and I will not have it on my campus. Dr. Dandidoff's reputation is untarnished in these parts, but don't think for a moment that I wouldn't expurgate you or anyone else who spreads these falsities. Think about it, lad. Do you really want to bring shame on the name of the good doctor? I can't, sir. I, I, I just can't. Good. Yes, yes, very good. Now, you are sounding more like a Bainbridge man instead of a, some 
garbage person. I can't just stand by and let you ignore the most dangerous threat Bainbridge has ever confronted. There is an Edgar Allan Poe obsessed murderer in our midst. Just read it here, yet another story reenacted by the perpetrator. Metzengerstein, a man rides a horse into a burning castle, erasing his entire line from the earth. One more mention of that man, and you are through, Cranebottom. McManus's death was a suicide. Even Dirk here concurs. Right, Dirk? Yes, Headmaster. He was a literature professor and liked fancy dances. Thank you, Dick. This conversation is over, Cranebottom. Good day. In the meantime, dear Baz Basilton is alone in his dormitory. Oh, perfect. He's fallen asleep. Oh, looks like he's tuckered himself out with an anthology of Poe's work. You know, I've wanted to try out a narrative ability I possess where I insert myself into the dreams of my subject. If I remember my instruction correctly, I must, um, sit back in my chair here. Okay, yes. Close my eyes and focus my mind on the sleeping subject. Okay, now. Once I feel the connection in the form of a warm wave coming over me, I open my eyes and I should be in the dream space. Okay. Oh. oh, I think I feel it. Oh, it's like a... It's like a woolen blanket draped over me on a bone-chilling winter night. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, yeah. Now I'll open my eyes and I should be able to see Basilton's dream. Darkness, okay. Um, I'm, uh, I'm only seeing darkness. Oh, goodness, it's, it's, it's bitter cold, though. Oh, it's, it's nothing like I've ever experienced so cold. Wait, oh, I mean, I, I see something. There he is, a little basil. Surrounded by an ocean of darkness. <laughs> For me, really? It's beautiful. I hate it! Don't touch me! Let me out! This was a bad idea. Come, Basil, it's time to practice! Practice makes perfect. You are a special boy. Grapefruit leather! The creek is flooded! Get the children out of the house! I can't breathe! Wait, wait a minute, I, I, I can't see him! Something's wrong, it's so cold! <laughs> Welcome, stranger, come out of the cold. You're not supposed to be here! What is supposed to be here? I need hot water! I'll give him the special gift. The gift that was given long ago. For God's sake! The children are still in the house! At bounds! Do you want some melon? Do you want some melon? Do you want some melon? Do you... Do you want... Do you want some... Do you want some melon? 
Never intend to find any melon! Wake up, both of you are just dreaming! You'll eat this melon. You'll eat it right now! Here it comes! Wait, wait, I can, I can see something. That's not melon! That's not melon! <laughs> okay, this is too much. Uh, B Basil is jolted awake by a pounding at his door. <laughs> Good heavens! Someone's knocking on the door, Basil Taylor. Yeah, I've got that, Corey. God, what's on your face? Basil's roommate, Corey Olchester, stood in his nightgown, face lathered with cream. It's my evening unguent for my facial fissures. Facial fissures? The cracks that open across my face due to the strong dehydrating effect of my midday sive, which I have to apply when the pressure spores release after my morning bomb. As a result of the Rossocene information... Yeah, yeah, I know your face is all fucked up. Please, God, don't let puberty hit me like that. Please. Someone's still knocking on the door, Basilting. All right, all right, I'll get it. Get back to bed, you fucking monster. That's not very nice. I can't help that my face continues to leak pus from my skin craters. You belong in a moonlit jar on some apothecary's cellar shelf, you fuckhead. Coming, coming. Ugh, of all the winning young lads of Bainbridge, I have to room with... Cordelia? Cordelia Levan, soaking wet, bodice heaving between her throaty gasps, pushed herself against Basil and entered the dormitory. Basil. You're drenched. What's happened? <coughs> Girls shouldn't be in the same room as boys in the night hours. Corey, you look like the leftovers of a cockfight. The pulpy bits that the cage keeper sweeps into a pile and scalds with boiling water before he feeds it to the old dog that's only going to diarrhea it out in an hour or two anyway. I'm sorry to wake you. I... I just couldn't stop thinking about you. Thinking about... What? The way you took down Pip Arnton, it was just so... Well, I haven't been able to sleep. I've been thinking so much about it. Oh, Pipple Dick? <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Cordelia, but really... <clears throat> Cordelia pressed her lips into Basilton's. Corey retreated to his bed. Cordelia, that's, um... <laughs> I don't think that we should be... Uh, that you should be... Yes, folks, it happened. The it. The big it. Sex, I mean. They, uh, they had sex. Now, is this, I, I, I mean, are we allowed to do this? Have this be part of a radio thing? You know, you don't see anything, obviously, but even having it be part of the story has got to be, like, problematic, right? Oh, wait, there's, there's no governing body for podcasts. <laughs> no standards and practices organization to dictate what can and can't be discussed. Okay, then, yeah! They frickin' banged. Hot, awkward, feral teen banging. It was ferociously fast and incredibly short. So, what now? Do we, like, hold hands? You small Dainty, not at all strong hands. Creamy, tiny, hairless doll hands. Ugh, sorry, sorry. They're just so... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is weird. I just was like... 
But now I'm feeling a little... It's, a, it's okay. I mean, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Or expecting... I just mean, I rather liked that brief moment when you were behind. I was never behind. No? I was behind. God damn it, Cory! I needed to get my exfoliator. You look like an owl with its face ripped off. Can you at least shave your pre-beard? My skin's too sensitive. It looks like someone rolled lint in mulberry jam. And then someone else applied that concoction to an open wound. For some terrible reason, some maniac doctor went around putting odd combinations of floor hair and fruit preserves in people's weeping incisions. I'm gonna go. Oh, sorry. My insult game is off. It's like super late. Good night, Basil. Well, that was fucked up. The next day in the dining hall, it only got more fucked up. Morning, Baz. Ha uh, <laughs> morning, Carvey. I'm fine, I'm fine, thank you. Feeling all right? Nothing, nothing, just fine, and you, thank you. Did you sleep all right? Sleep? I didn't do it, she did it. I mean, sleep? Carvey, <laughs> yes. Did you hear, Basil? Yes, Corey, yes. Some throat pimple ruptured and now you can't wear a cravat. No, I, I mean, yes, but no. About Stable Master Dirk. What happened to Stable Master Dirk? He's gone missing. Young Pete, Flower Petal, and Booth all wandered the South Lawn. Their forelocks unbraided, mud smeared to their caskins. Charter and Darius, what pull Headmaster Crushwater's faith on, were found with their breast and hang straps a dangle. Their blinds, brow bands, and winkle stays still hasped. Steadmaster Dirk would never see such things come to pass, never. Baz, who is your friend with the infested face? Corey's not my friend, he's my roommate. He really seems to love horses. <laughs> I do love horses. Big Dick Tupper's belly band billets went unpolished all through the night. All dull and unkempt. You couldn't tell his gag swivel from his throat flats. Any more jargon you want to let out? Hameball. Rain round. You good? Fetlocks and pastons! Fetlocks and pastons! There it is. We've got to do something about this. He uses like a hundred different creams. Nothing really helps. Not about Corey's horrific visage. Another faculty member has gone missing. Something must be done. Well, technically, Stablemaster Dirk is staff, not faculty. He doesn't really teach us anything. You take that back! You take that back! Okay, okay, geez, Corey, don't have a pussy fit. Irregardless of the man's title, something ruinous is afoot at this school. Suddenly, Headmaster Crustridge rose atop a bench and held his hand for silence. Gentlemen, gentlemen, your attention. The rumor mill has no doubt been churning out scandal and half-truths, and doggerel and piffle. I am here to address this issue and put it at once to bed. The occurrences regarding members of our Bainbridge faculty and staff are being managed dutifully. Just because you do not know every detail of their management does not mean that we are doing the very best job of managing. And please stop believing every bit of eyewash you encounter. Yeah, but who done this to Professor McManus? What about Reverend Fat? I heard Dirk's gone as well. Rubbish, children, rubbish. Guff, garbage, and bilge. Unfortunate accidents are not but that unfortunate. Rough way to start the year, yes, but we must carry on. 
Now cease spewing such tripe and carry on. How can he dismiss it so cavalierly? Clearly all three incidents are related. Someone is targeting our betters, and Stable Master Dirk may still be out there in need of assistance. No more sitting on our hands. I'm going to tell Truswedge what we will do if he refuses action. Carvel rose from his table and pushed his way through the clattering boys mid-dip into their breakfasts. He was a mere ten feet away when he felt a hand on his wrist spin him backwards. Basil? Don't do it, Carvey. Crustwedge may seem doddering, but he can be quite grim. You're new to Bainbridge. Those threats he made about ejecting you will be delivered upon. So too will he defame your kind patron, Dr. Dandeduff. And that'll only be the beginning. There's things, Carvey. Things most boys won't speak about, though we know them well. Just, just believe me. Believe your friend, Baz. Crustwedge is not to be crossed. I, I believe you, Baz, but something's got to be done. Let us do it, then, but agitating Crustwedge is a grave mistake. Very well. Thank you, Baz. You are indeed a good friend. The best I've had. The very best. Cordelia approached, polishing a shiny red apple on the sleeve of a freshly laundered blouse. Cordelia? I'm a little jealous of such good friends. You need not be. Yes, you certainly need not be. You'll be my good friend too, Carver? Naturally. (laughs) I must confess I am rather looking forward to attending the cotillion. As am I. Goody. Well, good friends to be then. Ta. Carver, I should... Yes? I should... be going. Art of the Renaissance with Master Plumbrush. Very well, then. We'll meet after. At the stables? Righto. Later that afternoon, Basil met Carver behind the stables, where Carver had already been digging in the muck for hours. Come, Baz, grab a shovel. What is it we're looking for? We'll know it when we find it. Something your roommate mentioned got me thinking about mud. Was it his shitty face? Come, Baz, do be serious for once. See this hole here? Someone was up to something before I ever arrived. Ew, Carvey, but what you're digging in is the poo-poo. Yes, I've made some progress on my own, but I need your help. Okay, but, like, I'm not really good at doing manly stuff. I'm not certain that's true. You do a fine job of making your way about this place. I'm the one so dreadfully inexperienced when it comes to... Well, Cordelia, that is. She makes me feel something... Well, she is... Terribly special in this way, you see. My first cotillion and, and all. This will be my fifth cotillion. Fifth? Good heavens, I have to confess. I, I'm rather nervous about the whole thing. I suppose it can be a bit intimidating at first. Never was much of a dancer. Oh, that's nothing. For you, perhaps. I can show you if you'd like. When we finish digging. Yes. I suppose I do know a thing or two about Bainbridge Academy and the old cotillion. Indeed, you're certainly more versed than I in such... Social comings and goings? I am a bad bitch. And what about after Cotillion? The midwinter carnival? I'm certain I'll be crowned member of the carnival court. No, I mean in the night, once the Cotillion has finished. Oh, 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 yes. I know my way about the postcoat. You do? So you've been with a woman? Of course I have. Nothing to it. Really? Who? Why, the only one on campus. She showed up at my door absolutely dripping. Had to pry her loose, that old Cordelia. We boned it out just last night. Oh. Oh, shit. I... I don't know why. I'm sorry, Carvey. I'm an awful friend. Friend? What friend? There is no friendship here. Carver plunged his shovel deep into the manure and stomped off. 
Basil went to stop him when suddenly a dull and, and wet gurgle sounded from below the poopy pile. Slowly a, a dookie dome emerged. Mouthhole's teeth replaced with with turds. Oh, a BM body. Two excreta arms. Fecal fingers flicking. It, it was... It was a motherfucking shit golem. But I thought such things only resided in the ever now. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, horror. No, it is no shit golem, but the toothless remains of Stablemaster Dirk. The stool-stained Stablemaster crawled from the caca and quickly collapsed at the boy's feet. Oh, shit. Who killed the Stablemaster? Will the killer ever be caught? Overly verbose poop jokes still? Really? Find out in the thrilling conclusion of Carver Cranebottom Academy. Crane Bottom Academy is brought to you by Buttholes. For a long time, you considered them gross, but now you're on board. Like, really on board. Too bad you're already married and that ship has long since sailed. Anyway, as a child, did you ever think that when you grew up, you'd really enjoy staring at images of strangers' buttholes for up to 25 minutes at a time on three or four occasions per week? Probably not, but your tastes are more sophisticated now. Mongo, Mongo, I found you someone to inhabit. Really? That's great. Well done, boy. Bring him in. What the fuck? Has anyone got dibs on that bathroom? I want to lick the tub. Oh, oh! What is that unholy stench? Oh, looky. This is the moon god. I want to lick him. Oh! Where the hell did you find this guy? Well, I gave up trying to find someone I knew, so I went down to the river and lured this drifter back to my house and promised tap water and expired antibiotics. I got the gangrene on my licking wound, something awful. What the hell's a licking wound? No, 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 don't ask him. This here is the self-inflicted wound I keep going for a good lick. <coughs> oh my god. Sometimes, nothing will do but your own licking wound. It does smell ripe, don't it? <coughs> Just means you gotta squeeze the puss a bit. Oh god, I, I feel like I've gone past the point of being disgusted and all. Uh, all it's doing now is just killing me. Also, I normally wouldn't break the fourth wall to this degree, but I, I just have to know how Tom is handling this. I am disgusted. You don't sound that disgusted. You know, I, I've matured quite a bit in the past few years, and uh, silly little gross-out gags. Oh, looky here. There's a pus maggot got full up on my pus. You gotta squish him with your tongue. It's better than soda pop. (laughs) 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 All right, all right, all right. That's enough of that. Boy, if you think I'm gonna inhabit this creature, you're out of your mind. Get me something good. But the moon is already a waning crescent. How did you know that? I asked Alexa. What? On my Kindle Fire HD. Do you actually read on that thing? No, most I just use its hard edge to scrape ever greater swaths of skin off my licking wound. And for streaming The Handmaid's Tale, it's compelling and relevant. All right, enough of this bullshit. We're done. Boy, find me a new body. 
trinkets, fire up that Alexa. I want to see these two go at it. Why do you assume we will fight? Yeah, is it because we are female and there cannot be two of us doing the same thing? It's like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Why can't there just be two talented female rappers at the same time? Or, Jeff Bezos forbid, more than two? I don't know what you mean. God damn you fucking suck, Siri. That's an obvious and very contemporary pop culture reference. Do you ever read the news? Searching how to join the Big Brother Big Sister program. Go! Rude Alchemy is Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Wardner, and Mr. Ryan Willen. Comic Crane Bottom Academy story by Rude Alchemy with Mr. Wardner as lead story editor. This episode written by Mr. Whalen and Kane and edited by resident sound designer Mr. Michael Hobb. Featuring the voices of Rude Alchemy with Miss Elena Poggles as Cordelia. Music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Robb. Please review and subscribe on iTunes to support Rude Alchemy and gain access content including blooper reels from every season. Visit rudealchemy.com slash support. And finally, hmm, a reverse image search for her profile photo did turn up an old Tumblr account, but not much there. Hmm, Pinterest, useless. Let's see if we get any mileage out of her friends. LaceyPie98, hmm, lots of beach photos, not nearly the level of privacy settings, but her pics don't seem to include the subject of my investigation, so the lack of a real-world connection renders these bikini shots of an arguably more attractive young woman utterly useless. Hang in there, announcer. Patience is a virtue. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mutual. Happy birthday to you. And many more. <laughs> This was not only a birthday greeting for the Mutual Audio Network, which, as you may know, has been bringing you the finest in audio drama for just a little more than one year. It was also a way of letting you know how long 20 seconds are. Why should you know it? Because the CDC recommends, during this COVID-19 situation, that you and me and everybody wash our hands with soap and water as often as possible for at least 20 seconds. So get all of your fingers, get the palms, get the backs of your hands, and a little bit up your wrists, and make sure you change out your towels more frequently as well. If it helps to sing Happy Birthday or some other song, as you do so, why not? This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.